You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at OutlandishOutcasts.com. Welcome to Episode 2, Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. Uh, with me, as always, my better half, Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? I'm doing good. I'm super excited. We've made it to Episode 2! Episode 2! Yay! Woo! I can't believe we've made it this far. We've come so far. Yeah, we, I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to think about retirement, because this is, you know, kind of done a lot of work here. I don't know what the hell you're going to live <laughs> off of, but hey, got a few cardboard boxes if you'd like. Yeah, might work. That might work. So, uh, you know, last week you came in with a quote, and so I wanted to start the show off with not a quote, but a story that's not long enough to call it a story. Is that okay? <laughs> so it's a story. Well. We'll call it a. It's like a paragraph. Ultra- <laughs> story. <laughs> a paragraph. So. This week, you uh, told me about your fun adventures at Ikea, and mm-hmm. I've never been to an Ikea. It was the first time I was ever at an Ikea. And just so happened, the next day, I'm doing my typical cruise on the internet, looking at Reddit, and I came across um, a, a post on Reddit, and this guy said that he was in Ikea. Oh my god, did he see me? No. No, he didn't see you. What he did was he opened a dresser and he found a note inside a dresser in Ikea. And the note just said, day 39 in Ikea. I don't feel safe anymore. I'm, I'm asked if I need help. I say yes, <laughs> but then they disappear. Please send help. And I thought that was the most amazing thing I've ever read. Could you imagine, you know, walking around the store, opening a drawer, and finding a note like that? I leave notes like that. I was going to say, I can imagine you leaving a note like that. I I send text messages to my son. Day three. (laughs) Still. No word from my son. Will he ever respond to me? Yeah, and you usually get no response. No response. response. I I saw he was on Twitter today. (laughs) <laughs> Go figure! <laughs> I even left him a voicemail the other day. So, that's just, like I said, it wasn't enough to be a story. I just wanted to, to get it out there because I thought it was interesting, especially with the fact that you went to Ikea this week for your first time, and someday I'll get there. I'm a we'll little scared because we're going to buy stuff weekend. from there, and my, my least favorite thing in the world to do is put together furniture. So. It's ginormous, though! And you know what I'm going to do when we're there just because I heard that now? You're going to leave a note in your dresser. Oh, heck yeah. I'm going to, like, <laughs> make a ton of them. Well, that'll be a fun experience. Memorial Day weekend should be fun. Except my note will be a lot more funnier. So if, you know, after Memorial Day weekend, even though you have no idea where we are, and there's, you know, Ikea stores all over the country, um, if you happen to find a bunch of notes, um, yeah, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> <laughs> leave a comment on Facebook. Yes, yes, yes. So... How do you want to start this one? you want to kick it off this week? Well, I suppose, being you started off with a non-story story. Sounds good. It's my turn to start then, huh? Yeah, I think so. So, uh, I chose the time Paris had a baby lottery. What? <laughs> the time Paris had a baby lottery. Okay. <laughs> I'm still confused. I'm not sure if we're talking about Paris Hilton naming her kid Lottery, or are we talking about a lottery that happened Paris in Paris, France. France, or are we... Paris, France. Okay. okay. Yes. So, in late 1911, the Peri- Parisians... Forgive me for probably slaughtering that one. Parisians. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. 
So they had a lottery back then because there were orphanages. There were even kids living on the street that couldn't get into the orphanages back in those days. So to raise money for the orphanages and whatever else they needed, they did a raffle with babies, the orphanages. They raffled off babies? They raffled off babies. So anybody who was looking to adopt a child, they had to go into a raffle. So they would pay. It was fundraising. My first thought is, you know how people buy lottery tickets for people for their birthday? (laughs) (laughs) Bought you a raffle ticket. Oh, by the way, you might end up with a baby, just so you know. But back in those days, you could sell your children. So I guess... This is true. It was a win-win if you looked at it that way, maybe. Yeah. So I thought I would bring that up. And this was something they actually went through authorities. So they would like legit. It was legit. There was an investigation of the winners um, to determine if they were desirable for foster parents. And they made sure that they were able to do this. I mean, I guess it's not that strange, I guess. It's not much different than, like, um, a transplant waiting list is kind of like a lottery. You know, so you're waiting for, you know, a transplant on an organ and you... A liver you know, yeah, is not a walking human being. No, but that walking human being was in an orphanage and no, had nobody to love them. Now they have people hopefully a clamoring to love them. human being. Well, hopefully. I'm them. sure there's many people who bought into this lottery who weren't decent human beings and were looking for cheap labor down the line or something well, like that. With, or, well, actually, the orphanages back in those days, in this article it even said, if you were a child in the orphanage, it, orphanage, the, the, <laughs> if you were a child, though, you worked in a factory. Okay. And there was no adult supervision either. Hmm. So it was either that or live on the streets as a child. Okay. So, so... Child labor laws were non-existent, yeah, definitely non-existent back in the day. Well, that's, that's crazy. I can't imagine. So, you wouldn't have CPS knocking on that orphanage's door. They wouldn't be shutting them down. Yeah, definitely. So, that's kind of what I brought to the table. And I even actually pulled up when I was researching this, because I kind of was wondering, how much were the tickets? No idea. Still no couldn't idea. find it. But... This was published in the January 1912 issue of the Popular Mechanics magazine. Okay. Which I didn't realize they were a thing back that in the days. The magazine's been along for a, around oh, for a long yeah. time. So I actually pulled up the magazine itself on the internet, and I was scrolling through the pages. It was kind of hmm. interesting, but cool. it didn't even have the price for the no price in there. This was after the lottery was held because it was January yeah. of 2000, or... Er, 1912. Hmm. So, and the lottery was in 1911. Hmm. But they just mentioned Paris had. So. It's weird how when you first told the story, I was picturing in my head like four or five hundred years ago, not like a little over a a century ago. Hey, I started off with 1911. That's amazing. They even, in the magazine, had a picture of all the babies they were raffling off. (laughs) So. Should probably even post that to Facebook. Wait, we should we should put that on the Facebook page for sure. I'll put it on Facebook. All right. And this came right out of the magazine. Cool, cool. Well, uh, 
my first uh, story of the week. Um, when not reading, the fine prints can cost you your soul. Oh, let's see. I, I probably signed mine away a few times, <laughs> but that's the case. I, uh, I read this on NPR, and uh, uh, most of us ignore the fine print, but one woman earned herself $10,000. Others have found themselves on the losing end of a contract that they didn't bother to read. Uh, Georgia high school teacher uh, Dolan Andrews won $10,000 after she closely read the terms and conditions that came with a travel insurance policy policy that she purchased. Uh, the, a Florida insurance company had inserted language in there promising a reward to the first person who emailed the company asking for it. Huh. Uh, so that's really cool. You read the terms and conditions, you might actually get some money. Um, of course, that doesn't happen to everybody. In uh, in 2017, 22,000 people who signed up for free public Wi-Fi inadvertently agreed to 1,000 hours of community service. <gasps> I, I would die. <laughs> including cleaning toilets and I can uh, handle that. And relieving sewer blockages. Maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few years earlier, um, several this has happened in London, and a few years earlier, several Londoners agreed to give away their oldest child in exchange for free Wi-Fi access. So that was interesting. This isn't Rumpelstiltskin! <laughs> oh my gosh! And uh, on April Fool's Day in 2010, a British retailer game station inserted, uh, a, a, inserted something in their EULA uh, that's, uh, that had a clause that said that uh, you lost your soul if you uh, agreed to check the box and purchase a game from there. I'm not sure. I hate April Fool's Day. One day we'll get married on that day. I I hate April Fool's Day. I'm kind of a news junkie, and April April Fool's one day of the year I refuse to look at uh, at any news because you never know what's real, what's not. So I'm very interesting. Like I'm kind of a tech geek, and things like Gmail were announced on April Fool's. Nobody believed it was real. <laughs> I would have believed it just because I wouldn't realize what day it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my story. I just wanted to make sure everybody's reading the terms and conditions. Um, no, you're not going to. I know you're not going to. I don't read the terms and conditions. No, I, didn't, I, didn't I was read just them on at the clinic, and they made me sign off on something. I was going through it, and they're like, "I can get you a copy if you'd like." I'm like, "I don't want the copy and read it <laughs> after I've signed it. I'd like to look through it before I sign it." Yeah, I might glance at something, but I usually won't read it, and I'll just either sign. It's actually not used. The sign stuff I'll usually read. It's the click this box where it's just like, okay. No, I needed to read this and she just was trying to push me out and I'm like, I'm not signing something without reading it. Yeah, it's, it's understandable. I think it's kind of funny that she was trying to push you at it and you think she'd get a lot of pushback. I've learned job. my lesson with the cell phone companies, period. Yes. <laughs> Don't sign unless you know what unless you're signing. Unless you know what you're signing, yes. So I, sure. I think I would have won that $10,000. You probably would have. Too bad nothing. where you don't ever buy travel insurance because we don't do a lot of traveling. I did, <laughs> We'd like to. I did purchase insurance on the tickets that I purchased for for the 21st. Well, we're, was there $1,000 that came along with it? I didn't see that in there, no. Okay. No. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's all I have to say about that wonderful story. Okay. So this next one, I've been like uber excited about it ever since I kind of came across it. I'm really curious to hear what it is. You've been giddy all afternoon. I am so excited about this. Okay, so could you imagine your grandfather died 157 years after 
like you're alive now and your grandfather died 157 years ago. Your grandfather. Yes, I said that. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. <laughs> this kind of, my grandfather died 157. Wow. Could you imagine? No. 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 Okay, so do you know John Taylor or Tyler? Tenth president. Okay. Okay. His grand two of his grandsons are alive today. Holy to this cow. day. I pulled them up before this just to make sure because there was a news report in 2012. So I wanted to make sure they were still alive. And they are. Like today. Actual grandkids. Not like grandkids. I mean, we're not talking like somebody was like kids. cybernetically frozen this? or anything like that. We're talking so just like two grandchildren of John Tyler. The 10th president of the United States are still alive. So he served as president of 1841 to 1845. That's insane. He was born March 29th, 1790. 1790 and died on January 18th of 1862. So you just subtract... 2019 from 1862, and you get 157 years. Oh, that's a big difference for, like, two generations. Okay, so, John Tyler, okay, he had two wives. And back in the day when you became a whittler, whittle... Whittler? (laughs) A whittler, whittling some wood. (laughs) No, he was a president at one point. (laughs) But... He was widowed. Is that the proper way to yes, say that? Yes, that would be the proper term. Okay. So then he got married a second time. Mm-hmm. And he was also known as the president, or is also known as the president with the most amount of kids ever. Okay. He had 15 children. Holy cow. So his busy. 13th child, um, Leon Gard- Gardner? I don't know if I'm saying the last name right here. I'll believe you. Born August 24th of 1853. So that means his father was 63 years old when he had him. Wow. And he was a 13th, not the 15th. Holy cow. And it was known back in those days when you married the second time after your first wife died, mm-hmm. you married young. So the wife sense. was yeah. a little bit younger. Yeah. But... Not much younger, because I looked at her age, too. So then he died February 12th of 1935, but he had two children, and he was also kind of the same. Had two wives. Had one wife. One wife died. Had a second wife. And when he was, let's see here, when he was 71, yeah, his second child, first son, with the second wife, was born. And it was Leon Jr. was born in 1924. And his last child, Harrison Tyler, was born uh, in 1928. Wow. And they are both alive. So when is that that that, that youngest grandson expecting their next baby? Because I figure that's a family tradition, it sounds like. No, it's not now. It's <laughs> okay. not known nowadays to remarry and to younger women. That's true. Nowadays. That's true. So, but yeah, they are 95 and 91 years old. Harrison actually had um, 
an interview with New York Times in 2012, and he lives on the plantation that his grandfather owned when okay. he was president. Wow. So... I wonder, you know how sometimes, like, presidential family members afterwards get some Secret Service protection? Do they still get Secret Service protection? <laughs> No, because when people visit the plantation and he says he's related to him, everybody assumes he's grandchild. He's never told people when asked. Okay. They say, oh, you're the great-grandchild. Yeah. He never corrects them I mean, of either. course you'd assume he'd be great-grandchild. I mean, that's crazy mm-hmm. that, wow. They're so like the grandchild of the 10th president of the United States is still alive. Right. That's Two of insane. them. Two, Two of, them. of them. That's insane. 95 is, is the oldest. Wow. Five years old. How crazy is that? And you probably have never met your grandfather either. Well, no, I'm sure not. <laughs> no. So, but yeah, I was like all excited when I found that. I'm that like, is, no way. That is quite possibly <laughs> the craziest thing I've ever heard. I just, it boggles my mind. I'm going to be talking about this all week. <laughs> Unfortunately, instead of saying, hey, I got a story to tell you, I'm going to say, hey, go listen to this story. <laughs> Well, usually I'm the science guru here, this but however, I came across this and I'm like, no, no. That's crazy. That's this crazy. Is, this I'm, is I'm very impressed. I'm impressed with this story. It's I found it and I was just like, I can't wait. I can't wait. And I couldn't lead off with it either. Just no, yeah, of course not. Of course not. I was too excited over it. That was crazy. Okay. No, no. Try to, okay. I think my, my head's wrapped around this. I'm, Are you sure? Oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Can you handle it? I think so. <laughs> so. <laughs> Tomorrow you're going to say something about it. I know that. So you touch on history, one of my favorite kind of subjects in the world. I like history. I love history. So I figure I'd go to science. I love science. Okay, I'm not really going to a heavy science here, but this story is a NASA story. I tried to stay away from science this week, just so we know, because I felt like I overdid it last week. No. And I don't want people thinking this is the science show. All right. I got a story about NASA. I love NASA. Do you love lying in bed? What? Do you love lying in bed? Am I going to do it for 60 days just so that way they can see about the gravitational pull? Yes, you are. It's going to be amazing. I love this story. And you're going to make $18,500. It's not really that much. It's only $13 an hour. It's really not very very good pay. I don't. You think I lie in bed? Literally never get up. Not even to go to the bathroom. 60 days straight. But this is in Germany, right? Yes, it's in Germany, but it's, it's being funded. Now. It's being funded by NASA and I read this. and the Germans. <laughs> this is how much I love science. Uh, yeah. I read about the that. Job is based in Cologne, Germany, part of a study designed to better understand how the body adapts to weightlessness. I was pissed when I found out it was in Germany because I'm like, damn it, I would have been good at that. <laughs> I mean, you can still apply. You just have to be able to speak German. That's it says right in the application. You have to speak German, but otherwise, you can apply. <laughs> so just learn German. How, how okay. do you say no in Germany? I have again? no idea. I I would have been good at that. Okay. Um, but yeah, here's the catch: the, the chosen for the job, you stay in bed for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 60 straight days. Hell yeah! That means no getting up for bathroom breaks, bathing, meals, and the money. Well, it comes out just a shy of thirteen dollars an hour. Eighteen thousand five hundred dollars for 60 days of laying in bed. You lay in bed for 60 days and you get up and boom, there's a ton of money there. You can't spend it laying in bed. Okay, you could. <laughs> no, but I could spend it while you were laying in bed. <laughs> that's not even funny. I think that's hilarious. No, no, that's not even funny. What about my shoe fund? 
Mm, you're laying in bed. You don't need shoes. Whatever. We can't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a good story because I like to lay in bed, but I don't like to lay in bed for 60 days. So, But I, I thought it was know, interesting that, that in 60 days. NASA plus uh, the South Korean government plus the German government, all their science divisions have come together for this study. So I thought that was interesting. But this has to do with the gravitational pull and seeing it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They wouldn't even allow me. You have to be extremely fit. I'm sure. Yes. Not so, yes. well, if they're anything like the United States, you have to be extremely fit yep. to do tests like that. And I wouldn't pass. Never. All right. Well, that's all I got about that. You, you hit it on the head. Good job. I'm good at science. You are. I love science. Science, my favorite. Okay. So the next story I found was cops in Scotland had a 45-minute standoff with a stuffed tiger. A stuffed tiger? Stuffed. 45-minute standoff. 45 minutes. Okay. Should I just read this? I would like to hear about it. Okay, it's not very long, but I'm going to read it because... It's probably easier than me trying to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> so, late one night, Bruce Grubbs, Grubbs, Grub, there is no S at the end of that, Grub, Grub, something like that, a okay. Scottish farmer went to check on his pregnant cows and got the fright of his life. Wandering down to the cow shed to check on the herd, Grub caught sight of something altogether unexpected for rural Scotland. A tiger. In the barn, with his cows, the tiger wasn't attacking them, just lying on his side like some feline grime, grim reaper, grime, oh my goodness, grim reaper, waiting for his big moment. Naturally, Grub called the police, figuring his local animal shelter wouldn't have a big enough butterfly's net. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So talking, or taking his odd ramblings about tigers very seriously, the armed police unit and several vehicles took up positions outside the shed. After containing the very chill tiger, (laughs) other officials started calling nearby um, wildlife parks to ask if someone had happened to be short one giant (laughs) man-eater. After a tiring 45 minutes, an irritated grub drove his truck up to the big cat to kindly ask if he could go away. However, when he got close enough, it dawned on the 24-year-old farmer that the tiger was, in fact, stuffed. Oh, my gosh. Not the kind that once had a family, but then got very intimate with the taxidermist, (laughs) but the full-on cuddly-wuddly toy teddy tiger. (laughs) So instead of calling, like, local wildlife preserves, they should have called the local Walmart to see if they were missing a stuffed tiger. Or somebody maybe just left it there as a joke. That's crazy. Because he said... More or less, that somebody had to have left it there. I'm sure somebody so. thought it was probably thought it was really funny. I'm surprised. The story really surprises me, but that's because in this country that would have taken 15 minutes, and they would have filled it full of bullet holes. Bullet holes, or it would have been ran over. Yeah. Well depending on the person, because some people know, depending on the type of tiger, because who knows if this was, like, a snow tiger. Mm-hmm. Those are, ex- 
going extinct. Yeah. And you can't kill them. No. So. Another magician just got mauled last week, but. Oh. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Best pets ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That, that, that's, that's hilarious. That's, I can't imagine being, work, let's see, you're working as a, as a police officer and you pull up and you see this tiger and you're all scared and your heart's pounding. Do you even imagine the call like you're the 911 dispatcher? (laughs) What are you talking about a tiger? Oh, there's a tiger. There's a tiger. You realize we live in Scotland, right? (laughs) Like, Scotland. I know. Like, not Africa, (laughs) right? Or India or anywhere there's tigers. That's insane. Scotland. Okay, I'll s- I'll send the sheriff down. <laughs> Better send a couple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, from tigers to my celebrity gossip update of the week. <laughs> oh, my God. You're sticking through with it. I am. People, I- please know and understand we normally don't talk celebrities. I don't know... I, I recognize faces, but if you told me a name of somebody, I'd be like, what did they play in? Yeah, I'm the same way. I do not keep track of celebrities. I don't care about celebrity gossip. Although- I started it last week, so I have to continue. <laughs> and, and I found an interesting story about a celebrity who I know. Uh, of, and of them. Know that? I know of them. He took you better. <laughs> and I'm so I figured I'd give him a shot. So. Tom Cruise forced to deny using fake bottom after ah. suspicious picture <laughs> circulates. Just kidding. So Tom Cruise's buttocks uh, was un- unquestionably wound in the film. Um, I lost my spot here. Uh, I'm sorry. While you're looking for that, I would never picture his butt to be round. I picture him as a flat ass. Which is which is why in the film Valkyrie. Um, in 2008, a bunch of fans were wondering, well, why does he have such a round butt? So, there's been rumors floating around for the last 10 years about, you know, what did he have? A prosthetic butt? A stunt butt? What was it? It was gels. And for the first time ever, Tom Cruise acknowledged it this week. Um, in an interview with uh, Screen Rant, he said, uh, I have no idea. There's no prosthetic use in Liar, liar, pants on fire. So, you know, you see a lot of prosthetics being used all over the place. And I have heard about people getting the butt implants and stuff like that. Never heard of a guy doing it, but I'm sure sure there's people out there who've done it. But Tom Cruise having it done wouldn't surprise me at all. The guy is insane. At least he didn't say it must have been the jeans. (laughs) That would have been a much better line than the one he used. I disagree. I, I think have he should no have said idea. it must liar, have been liar, the jeans. Pants on I fire. mean, there's his butt. <laughs> yeah, those are prosthetics. You can even see the lines. We need to post this on our page. Like, there maybe I should even like dude, my butt isn't even that big. <laughs> round. We will post my this bigger than Tom Cruise's, but it's not even that we will post this on the Facebook page and let me, you know, let us know what you think. Is this even Tom Cruise? I bet this is a stunt double. It could be. It could be a stunt, but that is. So we keep going. Any, many, many more? I don't know. You got another one? That's why he said there were no prosthetics being used because it was a stunt. Butt. There was a prosthetic. It just wasn't him. Maybe. It was his prosthetic. <laughs> <laughs> so. Massive 20 pound goldfish reeled in using just a biscuit. 
What? Massive, okay. Massive 20 pound goldfish reeled in using just a biscuit. Okay. So, an avid fisherman, Hunter Anderson, thought he might catch a fish or two when he stopped by a pond on his way home. But he never pictured a catch like this. He found himself reeling a 20 pounder that looked like an overgrown goldfish. There's no Holy cow. <laughs> the kind of fish. That is that a goldfish. Kind of fish. Oh, yeah. So. And I know, you know, they grow to the size of the, the body of water they're in, but wow, that's yep. a huge goldfish. So he said him and his girlfriend, they were driving home to Danville, Kentucky, when they stopped by a local private pond to look for goldfish or koi fish. So. <laughs> There's probably no known known predators in the yeah. pond, is what I'm kind of assuming. But he said it was one of the hardest fish or fighting fish I've ever fought. Did he like let it go? He let it go. Okay. Would you imagine <laughs> eating that? Well, I wouldn't want to eat it or Have kill it or do anything. That's amazing. Of, um, no, like when they get stuck in my teeth or something. They're so small. Usually, I've eaten goldfish. I have never crackers. eaten crackers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have eaten. I've eaten whales too. Those are the you know generic cheap goldfish. Or the bunnies. I don't think I've ever had the bunny. Oh, wait, the bunnies are the graham crackers. Oh yeah, I'm not a big fan of the bunnies. Oh. That's crazy. That's yeah. a huge goldfish. Yeah. I actually, when you said, when you started the story about a giant goldfish, my head went to a story I read briefly today, but didn't really dig into it, about a eight-foot shrimp <laughs> that was caught off the East Coast somewhere. Eight-foot? <laughs> yeah, like... That's, like, bigger than me. Like, by some nuclear power plant or something, I don't know. Ew, I, I wouldn't even eat that. You wouldn't eat a perfectly good shrimp, so I don't know what the difference is. No, I've eaten a shrimp before. They're just not... There's no flavor to them. Uh, yeah, they are very, so very I don't, flavorless. there's no, and somebody's like, and then the juicy burst, and I'm like, no, yeah. it's still no flavor. I, I, I can understand that. That's why I'm not a big shrimp fan. I was when I was a kid, and then I got, like, got the flu one time right after eating shrimp and couldn't really touch it for many years, but I don't mind it every once in a while. There's no taste. None. I've eaten them fresh right out of Alaska from the Prince William Sound, mm-hmm. and No. Was that when you were sitting on the couch? That is our album cover art. <laughs> I wasn't sitting on that. I couch, know it was a joke, but that came from that trip. Yeah, that came from that trip, Fairbanks, Alaska. That's kind of cool. It was a really cool picture of the couch, and it's actually the album art we used for uh, the I previous show. It. I can taste it. So. <laughs> Which there's still a Facebook page for that. Yeah. You can't delete them. Really? You can't delete a Facebook page. Can't delete it. You can delete a group. You can't delete a page. I believe it is. I'll just have to go get like really like uh, like controversially political on there, and then they'll just shut it down. Or maybe I can write it, write them, and say, um, somebody stole this and make up some big fat lie of some sort. That would be possible. I would be very good at that. All right. Well, should we wrap this thing up? How are we going to wrap it up? Uh, I don't know. Paper, birthday. Uh, you can also email the show. Well, that if you enjoy the show, you can review and rate it on iTunes or whatever podcast app you happen to listen to the show in. Outlandish Outcasts at gmail.com. Okay. And the Facebook page is Outlandish Outcast Podcast. <laughs> That's like Correct. a tongue twister. Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Say that five times fast. Outlandish Outcast. Okay.
You didn't even get through it once. <laughs> I know. I have trouble getting through it the first time at the oh end of the beginning. Oh, my God. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will be back again next week with more uh, interesting stories to try to make you laugh or cry. or. And, and if you have any stories you'd like us to talk about, Go on to Facebook and leave a comment. Yes, please. And if you happen to be in Ikea and run across any uh, any notes, let us know. <laughs> Have a good I don't week. know who would come across any clothes. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody.